Uh, well, joining us now is Frank Morano, of course, uh, a great radio host here on the overnights on the other side of midnight here on WABC. And Frank, you have investigated this along with your friend Frank McKay. Uh, tell us what you know. Well, this is really such an interesting case. And uh, good evening, John. Good evening, Rita. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, great show so far. I've been enjoying the extra half hour all week. But it's such an interesting case from so many different perspectives. One, you really have to give hats off to the uh, relatively new Suffolk County DA, um, Ray Tierney, because this is a case that had essentially been an open case and unsolved for 13 years. Tierney comes in and says the first thing he's going to do is solve the Gilgo Beach case. You also have to give credit to the Suffolk County Police Commissioner, Rodney Harrison, a New York City uh, NYPD alumni, alumnus, and the first thing he did was he said our focus is going to be on the Gilgo Beach case. And what these guys did, the DA and the new police commissioner, they did what was not being done in Suffolk before that, is they were willing to work with the FBI and work with everybody, state police, and really marshal the full strength of all these investigations into a, a task force. But here's what we know now. Rex Hewerman seems tied to what they're calling the Gilgo Four. That's four of the murders where they found the remains on Gilgo Beach. Now, that means that there are still uh, as many as six or seven other potential bodies that he has not been necessarily tied to or charged with. So one of the big theories in this case, as we've been covering on the radio uh, for the last three years, really, is was the Gilgo Beach murderer one person or multiple people? The fact that uh, they're not necessarily saying that he's tied to these other six or seven murders is an indication to me that there may still yet be other suspects charged in this case. And the other question here is, since Tierney and Harrison were able to solve this so quickly after working with the FBI is, why were the previous people in their jobs not willing to work with the FBI in a cooperative manner? Frank, What's going on? You know, you've been there with me and you've been there with uh, Frank McKay. There were so many cover-ups, the allegations exactly. of cover-ups. Uh, Governor Patterson, do you want to say something? Frank, I, I think that the reason that they charged in three of the four cases right now and apparently they will probably in the end charge all four is that these are cases that they think are slam dunks. After that, when they go to some of the other cases, there may not be the DNA. In other words, uh, sure. as time went on, maybe he got better at uh, the, the way he did the job. And all I'm saying is that, um, I think it's, it's, it's possible that they wanted to get out, get an indictment, Get this guy behind bars. Uh, in his case, we should make an exception of the death penalty and then move on to the others. You know, very possible. You know, he very well may be responsible for all the deaths there. And you're right. He's only been charged officially with three, and he's uh, listed as a, a person of interest in this fourth murder of the original Gilgo Four. Um, it is interesting, though, that uh, they were able to, with a fresh set of law enforcement leadership, uh, you know, solve this case so quickly. And to John's point about cover-ups and the history of cover-ups, one wonders if that was part of the motive for not wanting the FBI to come in. Uh, they might be fearful of looking at other things. We know the previous Suffolk County DA went uh, to prison, Mr. Spoda. We know the previous Suffolk County Police Commissioner, uh, Mr. Burke, he went to prison as well. And there's been a lot of corruption allegations 
with respect to both of their offices. So one wonders if part of the reason they didn't want the FBI sniffing around this investigation is because they were concerned it might lead to other things that were going on in Suffolk. Right. Right. Now, was there a cover-up of another potential suspect of some sort, Frank? Well, th- that's a good question. That's been speculated about, and uh, no one no one knows, obviously. And the DA in the press conference that he just gave, along with the police commissioner, didn't indicate that. But, um, but who, who knows? I mean, they did not say unequivocally that there was no other person of interest that they're looking at. They said this remains an open case and uh, that they were happy to get justice for the families of these of these three victims that were charged for Mr. Hewerman, but that they're still looking for more information. And the grand jury is going to continue their investigation with the use of subpoena power in the manner that they said was so effective in getting things turned around here. But I mean, this really was a uh, perfectly executed law enforcement operation for the last 18 months and a really disastrously executed law enforcement a- operation for the last 10 years. It's really a, uh, a study in contrast. Yeah, and it begs the question, why, Frank Morano? Exactly. I mean, it exactly. absolutely does. Like, you know, why would you not combine all the things? And, and Frank, I covered a lot of the uh, the Gilgo murders. I was out there on the stretches of beach. You could see where the areas where the bodies were found. This was an enormous case. It wasn't like, uh, you know, just some small case. This was a huge case that clearly uh, the past regime didn't seem to be focused on enough. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And as far as uh, Hewerman, the fellow that's been arrested here, evidently he was using seven burner phones. And one of the things they found on almost all of these burner phones was uh, child pornography. So while he's certainly entitled to the presumption of innocence, like anybody is that's charged with a crime, it's certainly not looking good uh, both from this perspective of the murders, but also, who knows what other kind of bizarre sex crimes he might have been involved in. Yeah, and the other thing, too, if you look at the even the history, uh, the kind of connecting the dots, they were saying that uh, one of the witnesses described at one point a big guy, uh, Caucasian, six foot four, heavy set. That's the guy. He is six four. Um, also, the phone records you talked about, there's this forensic with the hairs that were found uh, on the burlap that was wrapped around some of the women. I mean, there's some really strong evidence here. And again, it sort of begs the question. Uh, some of it was technology that wasn't available then, sure. but some of the burner phone technology and cell phone towering. I've done a lot of stories on these. It was back then. It was available. We had Nancy Grace on earlier and. She said that his wife's hair was on some of the burlap. Exactly, exactly. So they had a combination of things where they were able to pinpoint. Uh, so what happened? Yeah, not only that, but apparently he had done hundreds of searches on Google for the Gilgo Beach uh, murder and different search terms related to that. So Hewerman was following the updates on this investigation very closely. And I'm sure you guys remember a few years ago, uh, they made a big deal that they had found a belt or something that they had uh, said was tied to these murders when anybody that's been following this case had said, you know, this belt was sort of, you know, meaningless and had nothing to do with anything. And you can bet that when they were coming up with things like that, he was probably breathing uh, a temporary sigh of relief, but uh, it was only temporary. So the unsolved murders, uh, do they have the same modus or not? Uh, there's one man involved uh, and there's one one child involved, the, the one that they refer to as Baby Doe. But the rest are presumed to be uh, sex workers. 
as uh, as is the case with the with the Gilgo Four here. Uh, one of the one of the victims, a woman that they refer to as Peaches, they don't know her real name, but uh, she has got a tattoo of Peaches, so they call her Peaches. She's the biological mother of this uh, this child, Baby Doe. So um, most of them have the uh, have a similar modus operandi, but um, the the key thread is the the remains were all found in approximately the same geographic area. Any reason that the uh, who the man would have been in the situation, Frank? Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation, but there's only speculation, nothing definitive. There are allegations that he might have been someone that was involved in uh, some of these same uh, sex parties that were rumored to be going on uh, in Suffolk at the time. And uh, who knows, though? It's just speculation. I, I, uh, I imagine, look, Tierney seems very determined, and he made no bones about the fact that, uh, that they're not going to rest on their laurels. They're going to keep going with the rest of these cases uh, to see where, where the evidence leads. So I imagine we're going to hear about this sooner rather than later. And it was also nice to see Harrison give some credit to all the other investigators that work on this case. I know we've all... He, Rodney you know, Harrison is a very decent guy. He was uh, before Commissioner of Suffolk County. He was with the NYPD. What was he, Chief of Patrol? That's right. And he also gave uh, credit to Commissioner James O'Neill from uh, for some of the great lessons in policing that he learned from him. So that was wow. nice to see. And Commissioner Sewell also yep. got a, a shout-out from Ray Tierney as well. Frank, thank you. We love you. I understand you. Monday is going to be the day where uh, we're going to find out the new official police commissioner. Wow, that'll be yeah, interesting. Uh, it will be indeed. We'll be watching with bated breath. You guys sound great. Best show on yes. radio. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Frank. On the other side of midnight, the great Frank Morato.